Well, we've got another great story for you. We love to tell stories here at 1819 News, specifically on this podcast. This week, we've got a Duck Dynasty story. Al Robertson, Phil Robertson's oldest son, who's a pastor, comes on to share his story about what it was like to grow up in the Robertson household in West Monroe, Louisiana, how he came to Christ, how he became a pastor. Uh, but I think the most impactful piece of the podcast uh, is hearing the story about he and Lisa's marriage and the crazy things that they went through that God is now using in their marriage ministry. We have an incredible culture here in the state of Alabama, but our politics and public policy don't reflect the people of Alabama. Media drives culture. Culture is what drives politics and public policy. Welcome everyone to 1819 News, the podcast. I'm Brian Dawson, CEO of 1819 News and host of this here podcast. We have got an excellent, wonderful, amazing show for you guys this week. We got Al Robertson of Duck Dynasty fame uh, and Lure, as well as the, the host and quarterback of the Robertson's latest podcast on Blaze TV called Unashamed. Uh, Al is Phil's oldest son, and he's a preacher. We're going to hear his story of growing up in the Robertson home and what led him to become a man of the cloth, uh, as well as a little bit about uh, what he's up to now with Lisa. They've got an incredible marriage ministry that they do that unashamed um, the name of that podcast definitely resonates with their story. Uh, and if there's time, we're going to squeeze in, uh, why are conservatives so hesitant to financially support media that aligns with their values? Um, and before we jump into that, I am going to ask you to support media that aligns with your values because <laughs> this is the portion of the podcast where I do that. So, um, but in all seriousness, we are going to cover this at length. You know, so many people have, Hulu accounts, Netflix accounts, all these other type of accounts, Apple podcast accounts and iTunes accounts and all these things where they're given $7 here, $12 there, $15 there, $6 on a can of Copenhagen, $15 on a cup of coffee now at Starbucks. Um, and we're creating incredible media that's helping people um, know what's going on in their state at 1819 News. Uh, the Duck Dynasty guys uh, are creating things that are helping you to be uh, more equipped spiritually, to be fathers, to be husbands, to be uh, just better men and know how to apply the word to your life. Uh, we believe there's value in what we're doing. And based off of what we've seen with the reporting of 1819 News, 1819, excuse me, Alabama needs 1819 News and 1819 News needs you guys. Please support us by becoming a member today. Go to the website, 1819news.com. Click the button that says become a member. Membership start as little as $5 a month. With that, you'll get access to behind-the-scenes content like what Al and I are going to be talking about today, what is God's place in government. Um, and you'll also get some cool merch based on what level you sign up. So without further ado, I will bring Al in. Um, <clears throat> Al Robertson, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Thank you for having me, Brian. I'm excited about being on your show. Yes, sir. So a little backstory. Um I, uh, where to begin? So when I was growing up, <clears throat> I lived in Wichita, Kansas when I was living with my dad and my uncle Tim would come see us and he would bring these VHS tapes and it would be these crazy bearded guys that were out duck hunting and just crazy hunting videos. There were definitely like no other hunting video or hunting show we'd ever seen a lot more intense, different, cool, cool camera angles. And it was just, and it, and it was really the personalities of the people that, that made it such a big deal. Well, flash forward, I don't know, 15 years, I'm sitting in prison watching TV and, uh, <laughs> and here comes this, uh, this TV show with these guys with those beards. And this is the same beard that my dad had in West Monroe, Louisiana, and my uncle Tim had and everybody. 
And, 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 and it's this show called Duck Dynasty, and it looks just like those duck hunting guys. And so I call my dad. I'm like, hey, you remember those videos that Uncle Tim used to bring up that him and his friend used to film or whatever? He goes, yeah, yeah, they got their own TV show on A&E now or whatever it was. And I was like, wow, that's insane. And so I told all my friends in there, I'm like, man, my dad grew up with these guys. And everyone's like, no, 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 he didn't. It's kind of like the, the Chris Farley moment on uh, Billy Madison. Like, no, 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 they didn't. And so um, a friend of ours, a mutual friend of ours, Chris Danielson, I told him, I'm like, hey, if you he, he got to go down there and hang out with Al and Phil. And, and I said, tell them that, you know, Betty Dawson's grandson. And so Betty Dawson taught Sunday school, I think, with your mom, Miss Kay, for 30 years or something. And That's right. And um, Chris mentioned it to, to your dad, Phil, and he stopped in his tracks and said, Betty Dawson's the most godly woman I've ever met. And so um, that cemented it that my dad wasn't just telling me tall tales that you guys really did know each other. Um, and so our families, we, 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 uh, we hail from West Monroe. My dad parted ways a little bit uh, before um, everybody else, my uncle Tim parted a little bit later and I think, you know, him, but it's just really neat, um, you know, to, to be able to see what you guys are doing now and what God's doing, um, through me here. Um, just really excited to kind of watch our worlds collide here. Well, first of all, it's the, the line of the podcast. I was sitting in jail watching TV. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's really good. Yeah. And now, I know your story now, so it's yeah. amazing by the way. Uh, but yeah, you know, out of everything you could have said, or Chris could have said for you, um, it, Betty Dawson's grandson is going to get a call back, you know, cause I, I get, we get a lot of, you know, information yeah. from people. We can't possibly get to everybody, but that got me. And, uh, because we love your grandmother and, uh, she did have a huge influence on our family and your uncle Tim as well. Yeah. Very good friend of mine. He, he helped us a lot and volunteered at the church when I was preaching to do the sound and video and uh, I know there's one listening because I saw him earlier, but, you know, sound and video people are weird. Let's face it. You know, just <laughs> we love them because if it's not for them, we can't get our message out. So uh, so we love them, but they're all a little bit different. And, a little uh, bit different. Our producer yeah, and Tim is brought listening. that in. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, good stuff. Well, uh, Al, I wanted to bring you on. Um, I think you're, you're, the marriage ministry that you have with Lisa is really incredible. But one of the things that we like to do, it doesn't matter who comes on. The first thing I, I say is tell us your story because every people's stories, it usually lines up with what God has them doing now. There's, there's that connection. So tell us your story, how you, you know, what was it like growing up in the Robertson household? I think that's extremely intriguing. Um, how did you come to Christ? Um, how did you, you become a preacher and then talk about, you know, you and uh, Lisa's marriage ministry? So I'll start um, with just the Robertson family, because obviously, you know, nobody really plans on being on a hit television reality show. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you can't really m map that out. And uh, my brother, one of my brothers, Willie, always wanted to be on TV. And so he, he's the reason we wound up on TV. But, you know, when we grew up, we just we didn't have much. In fact, uh, there's a movie coming out. Uh, September 28th uh, called the blind and it'll be nationwide release. So it'll be here in Alabama and everywhere. And it's about mom and dad's life from when they were children uh, up until their late twenties when they, when they came to Christ. And so it, it's really the hard part of our story, you know, because back then dad was not a Christian and you know, it was really tough. And so that was my upbringing. I mean, they were, they were 18 and 16 when they found out that uh, she was pregnant with me. And so I was raised on 
the campus of Louisiana Tech University uh, in Ruston, Louisiana. And dad was a starting quarterback ahead of Bradshaw, which a lot of people know that. Some people may not. And uh, so it was amazing. It was a miracle that I'm even here to talk to you today, Brad, to be honest with you. I mean, I, you know, I got college kids of my own I had, and now I've almost got college-age grandkids. So, you know, it was, it was tough. It was a tough upbringing. It was a tough life. But when dad and mom made the turn uh, to Christianity, obviously things got a lot better. And then there was a clarity of vision for my dad. You know, he, he had master's degree, thought he was going to teach and coach. I mean, that's what, you know, he had gone to school for, but then his passion was hunting and fishing, of course. And once he got his spiritual life, you know, got in the right direction, then he had clarity that, you know what, I want to make a living doing what I love to do. Mm. And so we moved out on the Washtenaw river there, uh, south of West Monroe and we commercial fished and that paid the bills to be able to start a duck call business and which then led to a video business that you mentioned earlier yeah. uh, in your intro. Uh, and we were, we were unique and different. Um, we always had kind of a charisma uh, about us and dad, especially, and that kind of passed on to the boys. And so that came through. And so we kind of just built this following of people that really loved us, but there was always a spiritual theme that was a part of that too. It wasn't preachy. It was hunting. I mean, we, cause we loved to hunt, but you knew we were men of God and yeah. you knew that that's what really motivated us. And so it was, it was kind of a little more subtle, but it was, it was always there. And so it kind of just drew in this group of people. And, and really that's kind of was the basis for what happened later with the dynasty is because people already, you know, especially hunters and people, you know, a lot of folks just kind of what they call fly over America, they kind of knew a little bit about us. And so then we just took basically that same thing and put it on national television, uh, again, subtle, but you knew something was going on. And so when they had the prayer at the end of the show, I think that reflected to people that, man, I can relate to these folks. And so uh, growing up, you know, it was kind of crazy. So a lot of people asked me about the, on the show, they said, well, how much of all that stuff you guys were doing was, is real? Cause you know, it's, it's called reality TV, but yeah. that doesn't always mean it's real. And I said, I tell them, I said about 80% of what you watched on the show were stories of, from our family. Now, some of it was real time and stuff that was happening, you know, with our kids and all that. But a lot of the crazy, you know, like setups for an episode were actually stories of things that have happened to us when we were kids. Mm. And so you may be watching Jason Willie do some crazy thing on the show, but that was rooted in something maybe Jason and I did when we were kids. And so I think that's why, again, why the show resonated. And we found out, which is one of the reasons why we quit doing the show, is because when you get to the point where you're really not doing stuff that you really did, but it's, wouldn't it be funny if, you know, storylines, yeah. it, it begins to lose its uh, its its authenticity. And so I, I really think that's why a lot of people connected to it, because those were, were a lot of real stories about our family. And so we just we had a camaraderie, a closeness. Uh, it was definitely us against every, you know, everything else trying to start a business and the way we did it. Uh, and then, you know, really Willie came in, he and Corey, uh, and kind of took the business to the next level, which opened some of those doors. But for me personally, uh, I was a really good kid when mom and dad were struggling and when folks see the movie, you know, I'm just, I'm like nine or 10 years old in the movie, but when I got to be a teenager, you know, I, I went off the reservation. I like a lot mm -hmm. of kids, I just lost my way. And so I was a prodigal son for about two years. I left, I went to new Orleans, Louisiana to find myself. And, uh, at 17 and I'll tell you right now, Brian, 
You don't want to go there to find your, you want to know what you're doing when you go to New yeah, Orleans. You might not find yourself, but you'll find something in New Orleans. <laughs> you're going to find trouble. And that's what <laughs> I found. And so, uh, I, there, I, I thought I was going to lose my life. And just because of some of the places I was, you know, going and the people I was involved with. And so, uh, I, I had a real come to Jesus moment, uh, sitting on a, a, a street corner in Kenner, Louisiana, outside New Orleans one Sunday morning and decided I need to go home. And, uh, and I did, and mom and dad, you know, were so great and gracious and, you know, cause they knew they had come from a tough time as well when they were teenagers. And so they welcomed me back and my life was changed forever. So I, I was 18 years old. Uh, I knew then, you know, I, I wanted to, my life to be dedicated to Christ. And so I wound up in full-time ministry, which I really never saw myself as being a preacher or being a teacher, but I had a gift, uh, and still have it. That the, that the Almighty gave me. And so that's the path. You know, I thought my path was, I went to school to, to in business. I thought I would, I'm the oldest son. I would one day run the business, you know, and just, just kind of pass on. But that wasn't what the Lord had in store for me. Willie was the guy for that. And, uh, and I needed to be in full-time ministry. There you go. Well, <clears throat> and it's interesting, you know, just because of the stories I've heard, you know, from my dad and, and different things, you know, when, when, Back in the the day of Phil Robertson and Ken Dawson, which is my dad, uh, that's back when poor people were poor, right? Yep. And so this this Anthony Oliver song when he's talking about the the obese milk and welfare, and you got you know five foot three, three hundred pound people whiffing down fudge rounds, that's not really poor, right? Back then it was it was real poverty. You know, my family came in that poverty, and my my dad always said the only people more poor than than the Dawsons and West Monroe when he was young was was the Robertsons. That's right, right? and so. <laughs> Um, it's, it's, it's just interesting to see how, how far things have come. And I think another thing interesting in what you said, I want to point out too, the authenticity and who you guys were is men of faith, family of faith, not just men of, men of faith on the hunting show, but then on the TV show, it's your whole family praying when you eat, everyone just understood instinctively that that was the most important thing to you guys. And it was the number one show on TV for years and years and years and years. And you see that. So often when the you know producers or the people who curate content or figure out what show's going to go where, when they take their kind of liberal filter off and they just allow something authentic American and Christian on, it goes berserk and crazy and it goes to number one. And then they're like, okay, that was a bad mistake. You know, we need to call that back. And then, and then they, they, they feed us a bunch of garbage. So I don't know. I've, I've always found that interesting. You know, if, if, if you find authentic people and, and that, that, are Christians and live a certain way, it resonates with a, a huge portion of the country. And what I think is interesting about that is I believe the media has led us to believe that we are uh, minorities in our country when really we're, we're the majority. And you can yeah. see that your show showed that. Um, and I think it's, you know, I got a friend, um, Phil Williams here who says there's more of us than there is of them. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a good reminder. You know, and you're right. And when we first started, it, you know, we were apolitical as far as on the show. Uh, it was really interesting because you had a a very blue state corporation uh, in New York and a very blue state uh, production company in L.A. coming to a very red state, Louisiana, with a bunch of conservatives, you know, rednecks yeah. who love to hunt and fish and, you know, have guns and all that. And so it was, it was always a marriage of convenience, but you knew there was, there was a divorce that was going to happen at some point yeah. in this marriage, you know, using that illustration. And, and it was, it was a struggle. And, 
but the show resonated for all the reasons you said. And so it didn't matter. Like we were going to places we filmed in Scotland, we filmed in Hawaii and I would go there. My expectations were that, well, they're not going to know anything about us. You know, we're from Louisiana and they loved the show. These people were wow. meeting it because they were just, you know, in Hawaii, it was all these folks working at the resorts and their family was like our family. Like you said, yeah. they didn't have much, but they had each other. They got to, we went and had a luau with a family, but a real one, not the fake ones you see on TV. I mean, just a Sunday afternoon on the bluffs of this beautiful, you know, looking out over the Pacific ocean and they'd sang songs and we sang with them and we had wonderful uh -huh. food. And I thought, now I know why this is resonating. It doesn't matter. Blue state, red state. It's a, it, it affects people. But what happens is you are so right. People don't want that success being there. And so immediately somebody comes in and creates a controversy where then you have half of the people that love you or loved your show now hate you because of some manufactured ginned up situation. And so we were kind of at the very front end of cancel culture yep. before we kind of knew that phrase and what that meant. And, but they did it to us too. And it's such a shame because we could have continued to resonate in a lot of people's lives because they love what they were watching. Yep. But the minute it got political, it was, it was then, then it was you either making a statement by saying you liked the show or you hated the show. Yep. Yep. Um, it's crazy, crazy, crazy indeed, but God has a plan and a purpose. And, and, um, it's, it's interesting to see even what's come up since, uh, the TV shows end. I want to talk about, um, you and Lisa, when we, we, uh, we got together when you and I finally did, uh, connect and meet in person. Uh, we went to Coastal down in Orange Beach, which I highly recommend people going to Coastal and, and Orange Beach and eating there. Uh, and you had your wife with you, and we got to hear a little bit about your guys' story, and you gave us some books, and uh, I kind of began to familiarize myself with your ministry and what you're doing. And I think, um, I'm not sure how, how familiar you are. Do you know Rick and Bubba, Rick Burgess? Do you know him? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, they're great guys. So... Um, I've always tried to figure out as I've created content at 1819 news, you know, we definitely, we hit all the politicos, we hit all the lobbyists, we hit all the political activists, we hit all the legislators, we hit, we had a wide swath of a lot of, um, kind of upper middle class people read our stuff, but we, we were created for the people. And so it's like, how do we get our content out to the guy in the deer stand? How do we get our, you know, kind of, you know, content out to the guy at the hunting club and, and duck dynasty and Rick Burgess, that's about, <laughs> those are my ways of, of uh resonating um with that crowd but he is um he came on the podcast and and we talked about his ministry that is um all about manhood and it's called man church and it's incredible and i went to one um let's see was it last sunday or the sunday before i can't remember it was recently went to one and and it, it's so you know it's so tempting to get political and i actually just preached on this last sunday we want to get political and i think christians need to have an eye on politics for sure. But if we're trying to fix things, it has to start with our marriages, with our That's homes right. and with That's our right. churches. Um, and I see that being where God has called you to is, is helping people with marriages, because if we can heal our marriages and we can heal our homes, you know, in the next 40 years of passing on the, our traditions and our faith, uh, really our faith traditions, you know, be darned, um, we're going to begin to see a radical change over time. Uh, because what's happened is that people, marriages have been not good and we have not been handing the faith down generationally. And now we're, we're reaping the, the, um, not benefits, the consequences of that. So talk about your, your, uh, marriage ministry with Lisa and how all that came to be. 
Well, and and you said it so well earlier when uh, when you know we first met you guys. We were when we looked at you know our own lives. We we never could have imagined um, you know having a marriage ministry. You know because we struggled so mightily. You know the first few years of our marriage. I mentioned my story. So when I were I was away from the Lord and away from my family, is when I first met Lisa, and. I was 16. She was 15. You know, I was not a good person. The evil one totally had my heart. And so I took advantage of her and she was a conquest at the time. I knew she was crazy about me and really sent her into a, her own tailspin. Cause when I left town and went to new Orleans, we were together at that time. And I told her we'd still see each other, just all lies. And, and it broke her heart. And so out of that heartbreak, she wound up, going into just a free fall in her own life. The same time I was, you know, having my own free fall in New Orleans, she was doing that in West Monroe. She winds up getting pregnant, uh, at 16, uh, has an abortion, uh, at 17 and, you know, just all these devastating things are happening to her life. And so when I got my life right and came back home, you know, I was kind of like, I don't know, I just need to ride this out with the Lord. You know, I, my problem is women, but it's not them. It's me. You know, I'm a terrible person. And so I was just going to try to go the old apostle Paul and Jesus route and just, you know, go it alone. But I didn't have that gift. And I figured that out pretty quick. I was going to get myself <laughs> into trouble. So I thought of her, you know, she was about to graduate high school and I'm 18. She's, she's, uh, she's 17. And I call her up and she was dating some guy. And uh, she said, oh, yeah, you know, he's he wants to marry me when, when we get out of high school. Because, you know, Louisiana, you get married pretty young. Yeah. And I said, well, you want to go out Friday? And she said, uh, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that poor guy, she dropped him like a hot rock. But we wound up, I reintroduced myself to her as now, uh, you know, a, a, a new Christian. And mm. so we made some commitments to each other and to God. Uh, the problem was. I was, I had totally committed and changed my life, but she wanted to be with me and wanted to be in our family. And so she didn't really commit to Christ. She committed to the Robertson family and Je Jesus wasn't her Lord. I was her Lord yeah. in her mind. And when that happens, man, I'm going to tell you, it's a disaster because mm. there's only room for one Lord in this whole thing. And so about probably 15 years into our marriage, I'm working for the church now. I'm an associate pastor and preaching and, you know, dedicated. The church, unfortunately, was getting more of my time even than my own family. And she completely fell apart. She went back to her old ways and she had an affair uh, that lasted a long time. And of course, when that happens, when there's infidelity in a marriage that you think you're going crazy because you know something's not right, but she won't be honest. So you don't know. And so we did that song and dance for a year. Mm. And it was just miserable. It was awful for both of us. And so when the truth, the dam of the truth finally broke, she, she finally broke completely. And she went out in the backyard of our house. I told her I wanted her to leave, uh, but my girls, our girls were going to stay with me. And, uh, you know, at this point I'm thinking it's over. She finally told the truth and it was bad. And she went out in our backyard and just melted into the ground. I mean, she, she said if she could have dug a hole to go lower. She would have. And she, she called out to God in that moment. She said, I don't even know if you're real because everything in my life has been a lie. But if you are real, I need you to rescue me out of this moment. And she said he did. She felt in that moment that she was going to make it. And she felt that connection. And so 
um, you know, there was obviously months of us being apart and finally getting back together. But that's what bore our marriage ministry. It was just out of complete devastation and complete helplessness. And God put us back together. That was 24 years ago. So now we've almost been married 40 years. Wow. And God built it. And when he built it the second go around, when we understood so much more, we finally relented. We had some great counselors, great people in our lives. Then it built something that we could help others. And you said it earlier in the open, the testimony of your life. You know, it's Revelation 12, 11, you know, the blood of the lamb, the word of your testimony. Yep. And the fact that you don't love this life so much, you would shrink back from anything. And that means you go forward. And so that became our ministry. And part of that is was her abortion because we do a lot of stuff in pro-life. Last night we spoke up in Fairhope to a group of people because we like to support our local community. And we're in Gulf Shores now part-time. And so like just like we do all around the country. And so we speak, Lisa tells, she's so open and honest about what it was like to go into that abortion clinic and what she experienced. And it's just really a powerful testimony. Wow. And then, we, of course, we also do a lot of marriage stuff because God brought us back from that. So it's really out of brokenness desperation, um, all those things that led us to Christ in our marriage. And now it helps us help other people. And so there, we always constantly, even though we're speaking around the country, I mean, we got on a hit television show and then all of a sudden there was this platform built for us to be honest. And so we wrote our first book, which is called A New Season. And when the book came out, you know, they send out a press release. And so it goes out to all these news organizations. And if you, know, if you guys have been around back then, it would have come to 1819. And so the National Enquirer gets it. And so immediately on their website, it said, Duck Dynasty, shocker, abortion, adultery, you know, and all these blah, blah, blah. And we were, and we started laughing because we thought, well, yeah, we, we, we put it in the press release. That's yeah. <laughs> like, it's not a shocker to us. Maybe it's a shocker <laughs> to everybody else. But yeah, we, we want to talk about that. So we said our job was to put TMZ out of business because we were going to tell our own secrets. So wow. it just, it has, it has been a great blessing and honor. And just like last night, right here in our local Alabama community, to be able to see life change. We heard great testimonies of what people are doing. And so that's what we get to do now. And people, a lot of people last night even said, well, I know this is hard for you guys to talk about this. And we said, well, yeah, it's not easy to tell about the worst things in your life, yeah. but we, we gain healing every time we tell our story. Amen. And, and there's like scar tissue that's so thick now, just from all those times of realizing you're helping other people get healed. And when you told us your story, Brian, you and your wife, yeah. uh, you know, immediately there was a bond and a connection between us and you guys. And it's because you're bold enough to say, here's who I was, but here's who I am. Amen. And so everybody has that opportunity. And, and really our ministry is kind of based on that. Amen. I love that. Um, and that's incredible. And you know, Sin is 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 all the same in the sense that it separates us from God, but but it's also different, and it and it hits different, and it hurts different, and you know, I'm, all my stuff was drug related. I had, you know, uh, I got a girl pregnant that had an abortion. I didn't want her to, um, and there's just so much rawness, um, and there's so many people who are going through it right now. They're going through it right now. That's right. Um, and the ability to, to exactly what you said, be transparent and just come out and say, Hey, that was me. This is, you know, that was me then this is me now. Look what God can do. But here's this thing that you have to do. You know, this is, this isn't some miracle thing. Like you have to completely submit your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, you have to read his word. 
you have to gather with his people uh, and by his grace over time, uh, you too can experience healing. So I think that's incredible. And I also think it's funny what you said about the National Enquirer because they're like, you know, all that. That's what happened. You know, the guy at 1819 News was in prison, right? And he like almost killed a guy. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, it was like the first podcast I did. I told everybody that. So there's no gotcha they, there. They love, they love telling your secrets that you've already told. Yeah. Been open and honest about it. Right? Yep. <laughs> Taking the bullets out of their gun. There you go. Well, good stuff. Well, um, you know, when we first met, uh, you know, we talked about everything under the sun as far as um, our families and everything like that. And, um, and then we got into the media business and I want to shift gears um, a little bit. I think your guys' story is incredible. And before I shift gears, where can people find more about um, you, you and Lisa's ministry, uh, your books, all that kind of stuff? So we have a website. It's alandlisa.com. So it's A-L-A-N-D, Lisa Robertson.com. And on there, we have all our materials. We also uh, do blogs every week because we're trying to you know, continually engage where culture is and obviously things that are going on, just like what you guys are doing, because so many things are happening in our country. And so we have to be consistent in what the Bible says and what truth is and speak that into the culture. And so we try to do that. We try to let people know uh, where we're going to be around the country as well. So it's Al and Lisa Robertson.com. Absolutely. And I love that you're in Alabama now. I, mean, I know it's part time, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to, you know, we're going to, yeah. we're, we're, we're going to call you guys residents. There you go. I love it. <laughs> down in Gulf Shores. And uh, it's beautiful down there. So, so yeah, to jump into the media business, you guys have um, unashamed. Uh, and I know you can still at least access in the woods with Phil. And I just got to say, like content, content's what I do for a living. I see all the different types with typical standard podcasts like this one versus maybe a Joe Rogan three hour long form versus we've got a 10 minute. That's just all the thing. Like you can do a lot with the podcast medium. And and yeah. I think what makes podcasts special is the on demand nature of it. You don't have to be sitting in front of the TV at seven. You don't got to be listening to the radio at nine. It's the on demand nature of it. Um, and when I signed up for Blaze TV, it was for two reasons. It was for In the Woods with Phil and it was for Steve Dace. Those are the two things. And I remember just sitting and watching, like binge watching all the In the Woods with Phil episodes. You know, it was everything uh, from how to cook roux for gumbo and pecan pralines to, you know, cleaning ducks. And I mean, like everything you could ever want and imagine. And I just thought that like, what a what a cool piece of content or what a cool, you know, idea to, to do that. And then from there, now you guys are doing the unashamed podcast. Is that right? That's right. And, and like you said, it's a, a longer form, but the, yeah, the, in the woods really got us going. And, and I, and I love it back when we started, it was CRTV. Yep. Then they merged with blaze obviously. And by the way, I, I just, I want to echo, and I know we'll talk about this a little bit more, but I want to echo what you said in the, in the open about 1819, and about the idea that we have to have support in the conservative community for content, because the reason that all this bad stuff is out there and this woke stuff that's everywhere is because we are paying for it, you know? And so, yep. look, I, I get it. It's a choice. People make it. But if we want good things out there, we're going to have to be able to get into now the way things work to be able to support that. So I want to add to what you said about supporting 1819. And the same with Blaze. I mean, obviously, those guys gave us a great opportunity. The vlog format that Dad did for the show was 10 minutes long. And what's amazing is, and you'll appreciate this, Brian, being a, a producer and doing what you do, is, you know, we had just, we had been on television, so we had been around production, but we'd never done it ourselves. Yeah. Uh, other than just our duck hunting videos. And so 
when it came time for us to do it, you know, you start saying, well, we are, I guess we get a production company. And then finally my cousin and I looked at each other and like, well, why don't we just start one? You know, yeah. all we got to do is get the guy that worked with us on a movie and he knows how to do cameras. And we literally built it from the bottom up and they were, they were highly produced and well done, but they were simple, you know, yeah. just, and dad just lays it out there. And so, uh, they came along after probably three, we did 800 episodes of, uh, in the woods with film. Wow. And we probably were into those last 200 and they said, you know, we would love to do a podcast with you guys. And so I said, well, okay, you know, you want it kind of like, you know, what are you thinking? And they said, well, we really like something biblical because, uh, Allie Bastucky is on there and she's, she's a Christian and she has some, you know, good biblical stuff, but nobody's really just doing Bible on, on our platform. Yeah. It's mostly, you know, conservative political stuff. And, and we were like, we can do Bible. You know, yeah. that's the one thing I, I'm not fearful of because yeah. we will never run out of content. <laughs> and so, uh, that's what started. And so now we're almost 800 episodes of unashamed, uh, four years later. And so it's been a great, a great run with blaze and, you know, they've been great partners. They've allowed us to do what we, what we love to do. And so it's, it's been a lot of fun, but we do four episodes a week, uh, and they're all about an hour long in content. So it's a lot of, a lot of Bible study, a lot of prep, um, just recording times, one thing, but all the prep work that goes into it yeah. is obviously a lot more, but we try to have interesting guests on, um, you know, people that are, or people that are involved and engaged in culture. We've had some pretty big political names before a lot of, you know, spiritual people. So we kind of try to keep that open have a lot of family people on, but in it, at its heart, it's a, uh, it's just really a Bible study, but it's done Robertson style, you know, yeah. where we tell some funny stories and throw each other under the bus a little bit and have some fun too. That's awesome. Yeah, guys, definitely go blaze TV. Check that out. I guess if it's on blaze TV, that means you can get on YouTube and everywhere else, but correct. I would encourage you guys to go and sign up, uh, and become a member of blaze or, or become a subscriber. I don't know what the terminology they use is, I've been one for since in the woods with Phil started. <laughs> so going back, like you said, CRTV before it was blaze, um, it's very reasonably priced. You're supporting great content, great media. Um, do you guys do any type of behind the scenes stuff for your guy for subscribers? Or? We do. We have uh, we have what we call an overtime segment, which is uh, some unique material for every one of our Bible studies that we do just for our blaze subscriber audience. So, uh, and then we've got some specials, um, that, uh, we're going to do in the future. We're going to do some more cooking stuff. You know, you mentioned about in the woods. Yeah, there was it was so broad. And there were so many cool things about that. And so I've been wanting to bring some of that stuff back. And so we've got some ideas on the drawing board to even increase, you know, that in terms of our little place. But you mentioned Steve Dace and uh, Allie Beth. There's a lot of really high quality people. Rick and Bubba now are, yeah. are part of Blaze as well. And so, you know, we love everything else that's on our platform, too. And so. Uh, and I, and I love what you guys are doing too. And I just, I, I wanted to give you guys my pitch that, you know, I've been ever since I've met you, I've been checking out what you guys are doing and it's really great. And, you know, I'm in Alabama now at least half the time and it's my place to go to find out what's going on in our, in our state. So it, it's very helpful for me. Awesome. Well, I appreciate it. We may, uh, may find some of these in some other states like Louisiana sometimes. There you just go. That out there. there you go. <laughs> we'll talk after this. So. Um, well, great. Um, but let's, um, to wrap it up, we've got about five minutes. Why is it that, cause you know, I'm not a huge boycotter. Like I did boycott Netflix when they had the cuties thing, which is essentially child porn. I just not doing it. 
Yeah. Um, Target, I boycotted them as soon as they started letting boys go into girls' bathrooms. But it, like, you really got to go over the top for me to boycott you. I'm very much a free market guy. Yeah. Um, I, I try to be intentional and spend intentionally spend my dollars where I can be the most benefit to someone who creates a good product that's a benefit to me. I'm not going to buy a crappy product at the expense of a good one just because yeah. I, you know, like that. But so I don't, I don't think people need to be, you know, radically these days, maybe people do need to become more radically intentional about how they spend their money. But, you know, um, you said it the best. I think that's the, the, the way to most resonate with people coming in at that level is for the, the, the cost of a can of Copenhagen. Yeah. Remember when you said that? And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm totally stealing that. That's right. um, a month, right? We're talking like literally people go and spend six, seven, eight dollars on a, on a cup of Starbucks coffee a day. We're asking for five dollars a month. Um, and, and to just put it into numbers, if I had 15,000 people in the state of Alabama, there's millions of people. If I had 15,000 of them that gave me $15 a month, I would be completely funded and have enough money to do documentaries, right? Like it's not, it's not a ton and it just, what matters. And when I've get, when I'm supported by 15,000 people giving me small amounts of money, there's no influence on me other than the people that are giving me that 15 bucks. That's it. Like I'm creating content for them now. You know, if you have, you know, we get three, four, five years down the road and my initial donors that are strong Christian men who've stepped up to the plate and decided to support us and gave me three years of runway. If that goes away, you know, and and there is a, you know, I don't know what the situation would be, but if you get huge chunks of money, that always opens you up to um, being swayed by what their wants are. And so when you have platforms that are supported by thousands of people giving small dollar amounts. Um, that means the content's not going to be affected. It's not going to be skewed. We're, we're only curating content for those people now. So w- what do you think it is about conservatives? Because um, the left doesn't have this problem. NPR does $350 million a year, and it's all through listener support. Well, and you look at it, Brian, you're right. And you, you look at states that where people are paying so much in high taxes, and you're like, why would you stay there? You know, why yeah. would you keep doing that? So there's a commitment level at the on the financial side on the for our other side that's that's much deeper than ours. And I, I'm not sure what the reason is, but I, it's very troubling to me that it's there. And I think my my guess is that people have not really caught up to what's going on in our country now yeah. that you, you can't like the old days of somehow finding somebody that's going to call balls and strikes out there and, and you're going to find this place of, you know, where, where it's not biased is not true. It's just, we, we've, we've moved on from that. And so, and that happened in my lifetime yeah. uh, because when I was younger, you know, I never knew what Walter Cronkite thought about anything in politics, you know, yeah. because it was different. But that's changed. And, yep. um, you know, social media certainly has been a big contributor to that. But now you really do have to decide where your money is going to go, who you're going to support. Yep. Uh, I'm the same way. You mentioned a couple of them. I'm the same way about Disney now. I just, you know, and and, and I really hate it because yep. my older grandkids, we went, we had a great time. Walt Disney had a great vision, but it has been totally taken over now yep. into something terrible. And so I'm not going to go down there and spend, you know, thousands of dollars and put it into the coffers. I'm just not going to do it. And I'm like you, I, by nature, I'm not a boycotter. I just, I'm pretty much free market too. But at the same time, I, I at least get to decide where my money goes, yeah, where I'm going to spend it. So I just think it's something we have to realize. I, I see the phrase now, parallel economy, you know, yeah. being thrown around and, and I believe that to be true. I mean, we're, we're at a place now where I think conservatives have to go together because we are the majority. 
And so we're letting the elitist on the coast decide what we see, what we do, what we hear. Yeah. And we don't have to do that. We can decide, nope, we're going to we're gonna help lift up people that are at least going to play it straight. And that's what I love about what you guys do. It's obviously spiritual Christian values behind it, but you're just laying out straight truth, yep. uh, which I think is fantastic. So I, I love the model. I do think this can work all around the country and will. Yep. I think uh, I admire your vision for what you're doing. Well, I appreciate it, Al. Well, that'll wrap it up. Al Robertson, thank you so much for your time. And we are going to be jumping into what is God's place in government in our overtime, our behind the scenes. So uh, if you guys want to see that, and I'm sure you do, uh, go to the website, press the button, become a member today. All right, guys. Well, until next time, put your trust in God and keep your powder dry.